This is Michael Leary with More Than Meets the IRB, a series of conversations about research participants and the people who study them. More Than Meets the IRB is a joint initiative of Washington University in St. Louis and public responsibility in medicine and research. Primer advances the highest ethical standards in the conduct of biomedical, behavioral, and social science research. Primer accomplishes this mission through education, membership services, professional certification, public policy initiatives, and community building. It is hard to imagine life before the internet. It is woven into the way we interact with each other, how we conduct business, how we learn, and how we organize our lives. It is then just as hard now to imagine research without thinking about the internet or social media. We talk a lot about the ethics of the internet and big data, even on this podcast. But for this conversation, we turn to Dr. Elizabeth Buchanan for a little history on the topic and advice from an ethicist who has been there from the beginning. Dr. Elizabeth Buchanan is Endowed Chair in Ethics and Director of the Center for Applied Ethics at the University of Wisconsin-Stout. Dr. Buchanan is the editor of one of the first anthologies of Internet Research Ethics, Readings in Virtual Research Ethics, published in 2004, and is also primary co-author to the Association of Internet Researchers' Ethics Guidelines for Internet Research. We pick up the story of Internet Research Ethics in the late 1990s, which was, for many of us, the dawn of the web as part of our daily lives. Dr. Buchanan shares with us how she encountered the field and get a crash course in the history of internet research ethics along the way. Dr. Buchanan sees three phases of internet research, each of which have inspired formative ethical reflection. This was back in the mid-90s, and if you think back, this was Netscape. These were you know, news groups. It wasn't the same internet as today. Looking back, I, I feel really lucky. I was at the right place at the right time, and, and I'll tell you a little bit more about the journey. So I finished my master's, and at that point I knew I, I wanted to be an educator, I wanted to be a researcher, and so I continued on through a PhD. And and because of, of this, this kind of goofy background that I had, I did a multidisciplinary PhD. And it was so wonderful because, again, it was this opportunity to pull from all kinds of disciplines. So I had doctoral work in anthropology and education and information science and philosophy. And it was up to me to make sense of, of what to do with this. It was a very atypical doctoral program. And I still say to this day, in, in many ways, I fit everywhere and I fit nowhere because of that, that strange background. But I, I feel very lucky to have had it. What ultimately happened was I, I was progressing through my doctoral studies and about 1996, I, 96-97, I met someone who was just starting an online bioethics program at the Medical College of Wisconsin, Mark Kashevsky. And Mark uh, asked me to, to help him develop these online modules for bioethics. And, and so I knew a little bit about bioethics, and I knew a lot about information technology and online environments, even though they were just in the, the early stages. And so we started building these, these courses about uh, traditional principles of, of research ethics, and, and I, I was very intrigued at 
this model of education and how individuals in bioethics were were talking about principles of research ethics. And I asked him, I said, can I, can I study your program as, as the, my, my site, my field site for my dissertation? And so that, that's what I ended up looking at. I ended up working with the, the students in one of the first bioethics cohorts at MCW. And, and my focus ultimately became how do students engage with these principles of research ethics while they're in these online spaces. So we were talking about things like respect for persons and, and how do you consent, how do you get consent from individuals. And meanwhile, simultaneously, I'm working with my IRB saying, well, I'm going to be interviewing these people and, and watching their interactions in this online space. And it, today it sounds, okay, big deal. But in 97, it wasn't as normal. It was, well, are you going to talk? Are you going to, you know, are you interacting with them? Well, yes. Are you observing them? Well, yes. But the questions were, are there any different kinds of risks because you're, you're observing them in these online spaces? And it was, for me, an interesting moment where we could take these principles of research ethics and, and the processes of consent and apply them for me in, in an online space. So it's kind of a kind of this meta ethics uh, experience for me in that we were talking about these principles in the course, I'm working through them with my IRB, and meanwhile they're saying, well, maybe you could you could help us understand this a little bit more. So it was about 90, 99 when I first drafted a, a set of, of guidelines for, uh, for the IRB uh, around what, what, what issues to consider when you're working in virtual spaces. At the time, there were very few research projects in, in going on. There were a, a few ethnographies, online ethnographies, uh, some observational studies, but uh, it, it was very, very early on in the game, and, and it, it gave us us, the IRB, a lot to think about, and 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 we were able to to really test the principles and see, well, are they different in virtual spaces, and and what are the other considerations that we need to to bring in to our deliberations, and ultimately in two thousand two ninety nine, there was one of the first published reports. 2002, another association, Association of Internet Researchers, came out with a set of internet research ethics guidelines. And, and that really started it all for me. Internet research ethics, the first official definition, I would say, came out about 2002. And it was the idea of research that takes place in online settings uh, across the thing that we, we refer to as the internet it could be anything from interviews, focus groups, observation, data collection, interventions, and so forth. What has happened over time, and, and people forget how quickly social media came into our, our lives around 2005, 6, 7, and so our internet research ethics has changed over time. I've more or less delineated three phases of internet research ethics and I'm just 
trying to put some order around the the field. So as you said, it's it's you know we're twenty years into this, and we were obviously the internet goes back to nineteen sixty six sixty seven. It looked very different than it does today, and I start characterizing internet research ethics right around 1995-96 when we were seeing some of the first online ethnography, Sherry Turkle's work and Ed Markham's work and that carried through to about the the advent of social media which we can really point to the the public launches of of Twitter and, and Facebook right around 2005 those things existed they weren't in the the real public space until about about 2005. So then internet research ethics became very much about the the experiences in and on social media, how people use social media, the networks that were developing, the, the types of, it, of engagement people had in and on social media. Then, so that's what I would f- refer to as the second phase, and then right around 2010, we started hearing this concept of big data. And again, that was not the first time big data has, has been used as a, as a term, but it was right around then when it became very popular and, and in the, the public eye. So I would say right now we're still in, in an era, in the third phase of internet research ethics, and that involves big data that involves uh, a whole lot of algorithmic processing, it involves a whole lot of computer power, and it's giving us a a whole lot more different methods to use in our research and different ways of thinking about research. Big data is fascinating because it's being used across disciplines. It doesn't belong to any one discipline. So we see biomedical researchers using big data. We see economists using big data. So it's really a, a fascinating time to, to continue in this field. The first thing we all tend to think of as an ethical problem faced by Internet, social media, or big data researchers is privacy. How has this key aspect of research ethics played out in recent years? What should we be prepared for as the disciplines shift and the methods evolve? Privacy has, has been a longstanding issue that would be probably the, the, the most frequently talked about issue in internet research ethics over the years. And we've heard, I think, back to 1999 now when, uh, was it the Sun CEO said, there, there is no privacy, get over it. So that was, that was a long time ago, and yet we're still having these conversations about what does privacy mean in this digital age? Do we have a, a right to privacy? Some of these questions are are fundamentally deep philosophical questions about individual rights to privacy. We have to think about the ways in which our technologies are designed and whether or not they they afford privacy. So I, I think over the years, privacy, we've thought about it in in different ways. We've thought about it as something, that we have to give up. We have to give up in order to, to for convenience purposes. So anytime you use your customer loyalty cards, for example, you're giving up parts of uh, you're giving up privacy. Anytime you use your your fast pass on the freeways, you're giving up privacy. Anytime you use your 
cell phone and and you're giving up some of your privacy and those are choices that we've made and most of the time we say well it's it's easy it's convenient and we don't think about what we're giving up as we progressed into big data the concept of privacy became even even more fraught with with issues as it became harder to see exactly where individual privacy was being compromised and a lot of our scholarly literature looks at the ways in which big data contests privacy rights there's there's so much going on kind of behind the scenes of our of our computer processing that that most of us just don't realize we don't know how much data is being collected on us at every minute, uh, every day, and how much we're contributing to our, our data sphere and how much we're, we're consuming. So it's really a, a, an interesting loop. Internet and social media research provide an interesting space to think about our fundamental ethical principles, such as those in the Belmont Report, respect for persons, beneficence, and justice. How well do these principles work? As the settings and emphases of research change, what have we learned about research ethics? Are there new ethical problems, ethical issues, quandaries in, in virtual spaces, online spaces? Or are, they, are the ethical issues themselves, the, the fundamental ethical issues themselves, are they still the same? So privacy is a perfect example. Privacy is a, a fundamental ethical issue. And are we asking the right questions? Are we looking at privacy in the right ways? When we, when we say is on online privacy the same as our everyday lives? And, and that might not be the right question to ask. And I think we've, we've learned that the foundational principles are there. These technologies, whether it's social media, big data, etc., they, they present new ways of thinking about these ethical problems. They, they change the ways we need to respond and evaluate them. But fundamentally, those, those ethical principles are the same. I have a, an entry with my colleague Michael Zimmer in the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy on Internet Research Ethics. And we, have to, we update it every five years. So we just finished a, a, a five-year point, and the, the editor said to us, okay, you know, see you in five years. And we said, you know, isn't that amazing? Because what we did five years ago to our update now, you know, we, we did bring in big data. We had to bring in all of these you know, new issues that have, have truly come up just in five years. And we kind of laughed and we said, yeah, well, well, we'll see what's happening then. Um, can't be too different, right? You know, laughing about it. So that's the beauty and, and the, the treasure of, of being in this field and, and watching. And I think it will be fun to see as, as our kids grow up in, in a true, truly uh, internet-mediated world. And as always, we like to end this podcast with a bit of advice to listeners, as many of us are researchers or involved with the ethical review of research on a daily basis. Dr. Buchanan has a helpful word or two for us. I would say, and this sounds trite, I think, but um, read everything you can, which it sounds so silly and so impossible because there's so much to read right now from so many different places and sources and filtering out what, what, what do you need to know versus what, what's, what's noise, what's the noise around. That's really hard. So I would say 
be very clear in in what what you want to to know, what you want to do, what you want to study, and take risks. Take risks in in your research, and and don't be afraid to smash disciplines together and really look outside of your own discipline. There's so much amazing scholarship across the disciplines right now and disciplines that didn't exist years ago, a few years ago, that we're seeing really emerge and become very important for for creating knowledge. And so I would say talk across disciplines, um, find colleagues in, in other areas you know, those of us that come from social behavioral work, more and more, our, our work is interfacing with with biomedical. And, and we're not siloed anymore. We, we truly are not siloed. And, and so we're learning, we have to learn multiple disciplines, multiple discourses, methods that, that didn't used to fit in, in just one space. And it's hard. I had it easy. It was it was a fairly straightforward path for me, I, I think. But I would say that you people today you, you have you have to know a lot about many, many different disciplines and, and their the way they interact with each other. This has been More Than Meets the IRB. Thank you for joining us. We will see you next time.